everyone. Welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy, author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? The Definitive Guide to Creating and Sharing Your Life Story. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thank you, Kathy. Well, hello, everyone. Is there something you'd love to have in your community that just isn't there? Would you like one of your legacies to enhance the lives of in your community? But building it yourself is just, uh, well, like eating an elephant. It's big and there's lots of moving parts and you'll never get it done on your own. I do a lot of speaking to foundations and I'm becoming a bit clearer on the value of community foundations. So I thought we'd find someone who knows what they are, how they work, and how they can help you build some really cool legacies that you'll be proud of now. Brad Ward is a director of community philanthropy in the Council on Foundations. He's down in, I think, southern Indiana. Hello, Brad. Hey, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm good. Let's start big. What is a community foundation and then how do they work? Sure, sure. I think the easiest way to sum this up is that they're just simply making good things happen at a very local level. They're, they're truly embedded in communities across the world. You know, there's over 800 of them here in the U.S. There's uh, several hundred there in Canada, and they cross all the way around the globe, creating opportunities for people to give in a variety of ways, offer a range of tools, you know, that help get make giving a bit easier, and to think critically about how you create, as you say, the, the legacy or the difference that you want to be associated with your name, your family, and your giving. Yeah, so in, our, in, in my book and in what we've done in the cafe here, we defined legacy as something you create that connects people, that enhances their lives. It could be one person to five million people. Connects people, enhances their lives, it makes you happier, and it will continue when you say goodnight finally. Is that true of a community foundation's work? Does it create that dynamic? I think absolutely. You know, they are in the business of building, you know, long term resources that support what matters locally. And, and after spending a decade of running a community foundation myself, what was most important to me was just connecting neighbors, you know, connecting um, individuals who cared with causes that were important to the vitality of the community. So I wanted nonprofit leaders to be able to be connected with community leaders and community leaders to be able to connect it with, you know, donors and, and givers and people that just wanted to find meaningful ways to give back. Because at the end of the day, we, we all couldn't be teachers and we couldn't build homes for the homeless or uh, provide food in the food pantries or, you know, read children, you know, books at the library. We just, sometimes our careers took us in other directions that, that weren't as connected to the, the fabric of, of local community. And, and this is a way to get people back in touch with what matters in terms of providing sort of that personalized support. Uh, I've always believed that, you know, there's reasons to connect with the community foundation over any other because they have the landscape view, uh, that 30,000 foot elevation of what's going on in the, in the community, in the nonprofit sector, in the charitable sector. And, and they're broad based enough that they're not going to push an agenda on you. They are going to try to uncover and discover what's important to you. What is it about this community that you love? 
what is it about the community that you don't love and that you want to mm-hmm. see changed? It, it, and, and I think it goes deeper than that because of their long-term, you know, endowment building, you know, perpetual building motto. They want to try to create resources that have a lasting effect. It, so it's kind of like planting the seed of the tree whose shade you'll never know. You know, it's, yep. it, it's tiny all of our lives and then it's massive for future generations. And it, there's, there's some correlations there to what a community foundation is ultimately trying to do in terms of connecting and and remember it's a non-for-profit like anything else it's just it's it's institutional goal is to create perpetual assets that are that are there to last over time now you ran a foundation i'm going to get i bet you've got some stories i'm going to ask you about them but let's back up a minute again again i haven't been to my or someone listening has not been to talk to a community foundation what's the benefit of me the, the legacy builder walking over to a community foundation and um, and starting a relationship so I, I think often, you know, people, I don't think people sit around trying to figure out how to give away their money, right? It's mm-hmm. not, it's not the, you know, the, but, but when you start to think about where your discretionary giving goes and, and, and often we struggle with the, you know, the fact is of the matter, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, buyer's remorse so many times when you buy the new vehicle and you drive it off the lot or you go and, and pick up the big screen TV and, and you think, gosh, you know, I mean, the, the, but you don't experience that when you give to charity. In fact, what I often hear time and time again is, I wish I could do more. Mm-hmm. And, and the Community Foundation is a unique player where you start to figure out, well, how do you do more? And, and, and at what point in your life does that more become reality? And so that's where estate planning really factors into this. And you're thinking about your legacy. You're thinking about your assets over time. You know, you're thinking about what you can do today in your lifetime and how that might evolve and change as you grow. It's also a tool to help people think about, well, what really does matter to me? What do I want to see still thriving in this community in 10, 20 50 years. What, yeah. what do I want to change for my grandchildren or great-grandchildren? You got a story that tells me that basically says this in real terms. Tell me about your time as running a community foundation. You've got a, you can probably see some faces in your mind's eye, but what they did. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, a fabulous woman. She was a bookkeeper for the local community newspaper, and, and, and it wasn't any old average community newspaper. I mean, they, they were thriving and doing really well, and she was their bookkeeper all of her life, and she had lost her husband early on, and so she didn't have kids. And so she was charitable in her, in her, her giving on a very small scale. It wouldn't have been anything that would have captured anyone's attention. But I thought of her as someone who I could tell was, was storing the dollars away and thinking big down the road. And what she ultimately did in, in creating her plans in her estate was what she wanted to leave behind as that as that bookkeeper she wanted to create she what she thrived on was the new talent that showed up at the local newspaper to take photos or write stories as journalists she wanted to create real true aspiring scholarships to give them the chance to go on and get those journalism degrees and hopefully land there in some type of a mentorship or internship program. She looked to us to not only administer the scholarships because those are a little bit easier, those are a little bit more straightforward, you know, on students that are going for scholarships, but how do we then go further and create opportunities to link them back to the local community, whether whether they are from the area or not, to introduce them 
them to what was offered right there. And she did a, a just, I mean, and, and it was a very, very sizable and, and unique gift that she left behind that she had just created over her lifetime. And again, when she was alive, you just saw normal $25, $50 checks, so you wouldn't have expected what was to come in her, in her estate. She was able to enjoy the benefit of her of her funding new journalists, she saw it happen then? She got to see only, she started implementing the mentor program first. And so, yeah, so we did that one. She didn't get to see the bigger scholarships that ultimately went out, but she did create what we called the fellowship for the local community mm -hmm. and give them the chance to have access to, to the work there. So she did see that in her lifetime. And then when she passed on through her estate plans, we saw the true extent of her legacy. How about a legacy created while a person was alive and could really enjoy it and see it happen? Yeah, so there, so there was a farmer who, as he would have uh, extenuating circumstances around crops or, or cattle, where he just couldn't utilize the full profits of, of these, you know, because of the, the, the shifts, the massive shifts in those markets, he would use some of the surplus in many cases to provide a gift. And we would take the, the proceeds of that and we would actually reinvest those in playground improvements in all the unincorporated towns. So the incorporated towns had, you know, public tax dollars to fund the playgrounds, but the unincorporated came through the hard work of civic groups and church goers and individuals. And so he wanted to try to provide a bit more sizable grant um, from time to time to allow them to make more impressive upgrades or improvements that were, were desperately needed. And he wanted it geared towards unincorporated towns. And so that was, you know, a fun one for me because uh, as a farmer, they are, um, you know, they, they're not cash rich if by any means they've mm -hmm. got a lot of they sit on a lot of assets and so you can't you can't realize the true benefit of those assets until much later but he had found a way by utilizing particular um, appreciated assets uh, or, or profits you know through the gifting of either cattle or, or or, or even feed and, and things like that. So it was, it was unique and it was certainly something new to me to figure out how we work with the local attorneys and the accountants to make these gifts work. But uh, that's the complexity of community foundations. They can figure out a variety of assets that are not common among everyday charities. You know, they work with real estate, they work with, you know, lifetime and estate gifts and, and all kinds of um, variations of trusts and, and things like that. So I can walk into Community Foundation and I could have a real specific idea in my brain that I want, I want to see this happening in my community. Will you guys help me get it done? Or I could walk in there with just saying, I've got some resources. What, do you, what are you doing that could interest me and I can help make it happen? There's lots of inspiration. Yeah, it, it's a two-way street and it's a dialogue and it's a conversation to get to know what they're really after. And sometimes then taking that very intimate community knowledge that a community foundation has and saying, are you aware of this? Are you aware of that? And so that you can start to connect the dots between things that you otherwise maybe aren't you know, you don't have the purview to, to see on a day-to-day -day basis that a community foundation does because of its unique grant-making role, its unique convening role, and its endowment building role. It sees the community from a different lens that not all of us have the advantage. So it, it certainly, I can remember a donor that came in wanting to create a scholarship in memory of his, his father 
And ultimately, we realized that the size of the grant was very tough for it to really have a meaningful impact on a college kid because of the cost of education and books and things like that. And so we ended up taking that same award that that fund would have created, and we put it in work at the local elementary school. And you would just make a grant to the third grade teachers, for example, and let them choose what is, a, you know, something that they wanted, but they but they didn't have the, the collective resources to get or the school budget to do. And so all of a sudden there was sort of this free play money that the teachers could say, we really need a science kit or we really need a set, a volume you know, set of books or something like that. And it was only three, $400 grant, but it, it meant a lot to those teachers who were often digging into their own pockets. And now instead of just helping one kid, maybe buy a book for his, his college course, you were helping anywhere between 30 and 100 kids have access to something they might not have otherwise given. Yeah, and you could t turn on the brain of a nine-year-old kid who turns on to science and becomes the next black hole specialist. You get it. You're seeing it. So there's so they're sort of these strategic opportunities to invest in, in terms of how we would improve the quality of life for children and family and residents that the Community Foundation is looking for and trying to uncover. And it, if, if it can align it with your interests, your passions, they're going to help you do that. Now, would it be unfair for me to say that the Community Foundation is kind of a middleman? They're going to take the resources and discussion and my needs and place them where it's going to happen. Is that? I would, I would agree wholeheartedly. You know, they're designed to build these endowed funds that benefit all aspects of the community today and tomorrow. And they're doing it by working with donors willing to, to invest back in their community in, an, in a way that is most effective, that you can create a personal legacy, but at the same time, you can utilize that professional and personalized expertise of the, of the Community Foundation to make wise choices for how those philanthropic dollars get put into use. Just real briefly again, some people think of foundations, they might probably think of corporate foundations or family foundations. How briefly do we can we differentiate a community foundation from those other places? A community foundation is is owned and, and operated by and for the people. At the end of the day, it's a collection of funds by by donors who set up small funds as small as, you know, five, ten thousand dollar type funds, all the way up to, to very big, you know, donor gifts. And sometimes those smaller funds are created by a collection of family members coming together or a charitable group investing because they want to create that endowment. But in the end, this is a non-for-profit community corporation. So mm -hmm. unlike its foundation peers, it's not a singular donor. The donor is, you know, the, it's not one source of money from either a corporate or a family. It's a broad base, it's a broad spectrum. And then the governing board is volunteers. It's people that you know and, and you trust in the community to, to oversee the stewardship of these dollars well into the future. Have you seen a legacy created where the it's kind of announced or you, the, the ribbon is cut and you've seen some emotion on those faces who helped make it happen that said, man, this is uh, this is now real, really real. It, it's phenomenal when you get to that, especially when you sit, for example, with an entire family. You know, perhaps they're they're doing this uh, to to commemorate the loss of a loved one, or they're looking to do it in a way that supports sort of their generational giving. So they're connecting grandma with with mom and dad, with the grandkids, and sort of creating that generational you know connections. It, it certainly does. I'm trying to think of you know a specific example, and and I certainly believe that some of them were most passionate, you know, when they, unfortunately, they were, they were turning a tragedy into something meaningful. 
in in that person's name and in that person's life and some of those were, were very uh very you know let's just say i mean it it was even uh it, it even influenced me you know just that the emotion the raw emotion of people trying to commemorate the life of a loved one for example in this in this passionate way but but i will say rob it was even true for the folks who were just making plans i mean just for them to be thinking of their like final act of how they wanted to see a different they were they, these were giving people in their lifetime they were making continued gifts to support the community on a day-to-day -day basis but in their mind it was nothing compared to what they were going to give after they took care of the kids they took care of the grandkids they took care of their church whatever it may be they had this little thing carved out and it was just so powerful to see them think about how do we take a lifetime of accumulating assets and how do we use it to some good in the very end that was always powerful to me you've got all this experience in community foundations but you're also now with a group called council on foundations and i guess you your your focus is helping foundations grow i guess is that kind of what the council does yeah, the, the council serves all corporate, community, private, uh, public, you know, foundations, family foundations. But my niche is for the community foundations and trying to weave together the connective tissue so that they can learn from one another, they can borrow from one another. Because here's the thing, what works in my community there's nothing that prevents it from working in another community or it to be, you know, sort of uh, shifted and, and, and reshaped to work in another community and that's inspiring stuff and I'm not going to be stealing donors for example from another community I'm going to be working with people who care about the community that I serve and the quality of life of those folks and that's kind of the exciting thing and I think the, the beauty of community foundations is how versatile they really are they can tackle big issues and they can just be serving the interests of their donors they they go on this con this uh, pendulum swing very often we we took we took on big projects in our community multi-million dollar projects and we worried about a few hundred dollars going out the door for a particular issue or a particular cause depending on the scale of the work and and it didn't it didn't matter it was all just about trying to put more charitable dollars to work in the community and just as a my accountant just said, hey, is this stuff tax deductible? It is all. That's kind of the cool thing about it is, is it maximizes the tax advantages because now you're starting to look at the full spectrum of assets and how you use them to benefit you. I, I was, you know, when you think about the estate side of things, you know, the reality is the money, at least in the U.S., can only go three places. It can go to your heirs, it can go to charity, or it can go to the government. And a lot mm -hmm. of times we can minimize the government tax burden which only increases what your heirs get and what the community gets by using these charitable vehicles. And there's certain, you know, certain assets that are, are better to be used for different purposes. And, and working with professional advisors is something that community foundations do consistently to try to be as supportive as they can in making, making these things work to the benefit of the community and to the benefit of the, of the family. So here's my, here's my takeaway then from our conversation. So I could have an idea like $300 donations to a grade three science class, which could change the life of two or three kids forever. Or I could have a, a, a bigger idea for a, a monster park that, that the kids in the community need. I could walk in and say, I want to do one of these. Or I could walk into a community foundation and say, I don't know what I want to do. What do you guys got going that I can help? Is that the way I should look at it? 
Yep. And, and sometimes you'll get people that just say, you know what, I just want to help things in the arts, but I don't know which, which, which charity is doing the best sort of work in, in improving the, the, the art scene or, or I really care about, you know, the animals. Well, well, what, there's all these different charities supporting, you know, animal causes. Sometimes the Community Foundation can create in field of interest funds that just support that field, that, whether it be, you know, environment or, or you know, supporting uh, education education or supporting the art they can do that and they can help find those and it gives them the flexibility if you think of it that way and some of the greatest gifts that community foundations harbor are these what we would think of as unrestricted they're they're not designated for any particular cause but they're for whatever the community might need down the road things that we can't quite fathom today but it gives the community foundation the flexibility to direct those grants in the highest needs of the future and yep. those are real real opportunities to make a a, a lasting gift in a, in a in a great way hey brad we want to let the people in legacy cafe move forward on this if you got anything you we could you could download and we can we can ship off to our listeners about what foundations are and how they run and just kind of school me a bit more before I go visit my community foundation. Yeah, and so I think that there are, are two things that I like. Uh, there's there's an, uh, a website called communityfoundationatlas.org and it is a tool that helps you find a community foundation anywhere in the world and it has all kinds of profiles and facts and stories. And then, you know, at, at our, my own you know organization, we have a community foundation located and if you just Google, you know, Community Foundation Locator, you'll find it. Or if you go to cof.org, which is Council on Foundations, there's this great tool for community foundations in the United States. And, and as I said, there's 800 of them. So you can select by state and you can see. And when you're in places like um, Arkansas, you know, there's only about nine community foundations. But if you're in Florida, there's over 30 of them. Mm -hmm. And so it really can be a geographically focused. Terrific. Brad, thank you. That, that that's great. I, I've I've always been curious about what community foundations do, and now with this broad overview, it's uh, yeah, it, it'd be great to have some folks walking in saying, "Hey, I want to do something, and I know you guys can help." And and there's no pressure, Rob. I don't want anyone to feel like they have to bring the checkbook. Those first few conversations are just trying to figure it all out. So that's the beauty. That consider them a friend in in this journey that, that that you're hopefully on in creating your own legacy. Terrific. Thank you, Brad. Most appreciated. We hope the we know the folks at the uh, Legacy Cafe will join this. Will will probably want to have a look at it. And you can uh, learn a little bit more by going to legacycafe.org forward slash cof legacycafe.org forward slash cof brad thanks for the time much appreciated and uh, we hope we see a bump in community foundation use because of what you and i've done here all right thank you rob thanks everyone for listening we hope you enjoyed it i'm rob lucy this is the legacy cafe and we'll see you again next time hey thanks for listening to the legacy cafe podcast we have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day. And remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe. Mm -hmm.